0: You wanna be hardcore, you wanna be extreme. Well, if you're like the same man, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast.
1: Can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream-pied Albano.
2: I've been drunk. I've never become drunk.
3: Woo! What's up, drunk marks and drunk marquettes? Welcome to Drink Up, the diet version of drunk wrestling history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm Adam.
3: Uh, it's. It's not the non-alcoholic version, though. Yeah, <laughs> it never is. Yeah, just a few less calories. I'm Adam, I'm your designated host, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses
1: are drunk. And this is Scott. When, if you can, lose if you must, but always
3: drink. Thank you all very much for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's show that we have planned for all of you. And I uh, hope you have a nice uh, cold beverage in hand. Oh, hell yeah. We hope you do. And uh, you know what else we hope? You go on to whatamaneuver.net, get a Drunk Wrestling History t-shirt, tank top, hoodie, onesie for Drunk Mark and Drunk Mark minis, uh, great soft quality material for on-demand printing with the Drunk Wrestling History logo on it. Whatamaneuver.net, buy a fucking shirt. The it's Mark hot minis- as balls
1: outside, buy a fucking tank top. Yeah, that's it's, it's got to be like, what is
2: it out there? Tra- what is it in Tracy, 250 degrees? Uh, it was
1: actually 237 today. Oh, fuck, dude. It was 90 in Oakland. Like that's, 90 in Oakland is like, that's you feel insane. like you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. And nobody there has air conditioning, right? You don't need that shit in the Bay. Um, I, I do. <laughs>
2: I well, do, yeah, you very, do. <laughs> I'm very particular about my temperature. Um, but, yeah. uh, You need that hoodie same, you know, if you're
3: going to the city, though.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people don't. Uh, most people by the bay, you just fucking o- uh, open the windows.
1: Right, exactly. Put just, on a fan, it'll cool off during the evening, hopefully. Just bought a crib by the bay. By the bay.
2: So we don't normally say what we're drinking on these episodes, but just because it's an episode about stone cold, I would like to point out that I am drinking can 3 of 4 of Steve Austin's Broken Skull American Lager. I'm not. No, you're not, but I'm saving one for you for next weekend.
1: Thank you. It's very kind of you. I'm having mercy. Have mercy. (laughs) Have mercy. Thank you.
3: For this week's episode, we are taking this back to the year of our Lord, 2002. We are talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin, but not necessarily something that he did in the ring. It was because he was not in the ring. This is about when Stone Cold Steve Austin walked in 2002. Yeah, it was kind of when Stone Cold, we've talked about before, um,
2: well, recently on the uh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre episode, Scott, where you were like, oh, dude, when how many people have wanted to kick their boss's ass? You know, fuck him up in a cage match. This is where you wanted to say to your boss, you know what? Fuck yourself. I'm out. Yeah. You know, like like in um, uh, fucking uh, Half-Baked. You're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. I'm out. Like that Yeah, this what was Cole literally did. Austin living his gimmick. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Yeah. Like, fuck you. I'm out of here. Yeah. Enough of this shit. Or, in other words, I don't he know who this said, fucking Brock guy
0: Skig
3: is. I'm
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, Austin walked out, and we thought this was sort of an appropriate. We're a history show, so we don't talk about current stuff necessarily. But we thought, given the situation with Sasha and Naomi, that this was as relevant as it's ever been. Because it's basically the exact same situation. Like, someone's like, fuck
1: you, I don't like what you want me to do, I'm going home. Yeah, here's the scenario again, right? And even back in 2002 when Austin bounced, we didn't... Is this a storyline? We didn't know. Mm -hmm. You know, is this a storyline? Is this legit? Is Austin actually pissed off? about having to lose to Brock Lesnar. Is that true? Right. Like with Sasha and Naomi, they're mad about being in a six-pack challenge that allegedly Naomi is supposed to win and get a title shot out of. That doesn't sound so bad. Is this legit? Or are we being... Are, are we being worked here? Or is there,
3: there like, something else that we don't know about that situation, but for this one,
1: yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, I hope it to work because I've said this many times, Sasha Banks has been my favorite wrestler since fuck 2015 so I just I want to see her back and I have zero faith in AEW to use her in the right way see Ruby Riot Hmm.
1: but right
2: uh, I don't I don't think they're coming back you know I think this is fucking
1: legit I think it's just like the Stone Cold situation yeah totally I agree with you I mean look Sasha at least has like the Star Wars franchise to fall back on what does Naomi have her husband
2: well, and what does he have? He doesn't have a fucking driver anymore.
1: Oh. No, but he does have two tag team titles, which I think is hilarious. They hand him the other set of tag team titles. Like, that the week right. his fucking wife bounces. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he walks yeah. home with two tag titles like, hey, babe, look what I got.
2: <laughs> yeah, damn, I didn't think about it, dude. They would have had almost all the titles the bloodline, right? They would have had both world titles. They would have had both tag team titles and the yes. women's
1: titles. And the women's just- tag...
2: Yep. Yeah, and like, there's no reason fucking the Usos couldn't have won both the IC and the European. Fuck, what a missed opportunity. You know what, Naomi? Get your
1: ass back in the ring.
2: Uh,
1: well, hey, look. Cameron offered to come back with her. It <laughs> could be the Funkadactyls all over again.
2: Oh, yeah, and she would have been a regular godsend. That. Yeah. Don't you threaten us, Cameron. That, that's one. God damn it. Yeah, don't threaten me with a good
3: time. Inviting Cameron, that's one of those uh, we're lonely, not desperate situations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, sir. So to get yes, into sir. it, it kind Back of started.
2: Um, the whole stone cold walking out situation sort of started going into 18. Um, he felt that he'd lost a bit of momentum. And. Well, to back up a year, his heel turn after 17 just
1: did not work. Like, nobody wanted to boo his ass. Dude, you know what this was like? It was like when, they, when uh, NWA or WCW tried to turn the road warriors. Right. There are right. just those certain characters in the ring that don't fit as heels because the fans don't take to them as heels. Mm-hmm. They won't accept it. They revolt against it and they cheer for them anyway. That was a situation with the Road Warriors back in 88 with Dusty Rhodes. That was right. the case with Stone Cold versus The Rock. They were not going to buy Stone Cold as a heel. They revolted. Stone Cold had no choice but to become face again. They forced the WWE's hand, really. Totally, totally, yeah. And I've heard Stone Cold say many
2: times that if he could go back and do it, he would have called an audible in the ring at seventeen, and hit Vince with with the stunner and not turn yes. heel. Yes. Yes. Um, but what happened happened, and he was one. Of, he he was part of the invasion, and he got hurt. I forgot how he. I forget how he. Oh, Booker Booker hurt him, right? Booker dropped him through the table. I think and, it was Booker. Yeah. Yeah. So at the in the early days of the invasion, he wasn't actually wrestling. He was just kind of like the leader of the invasion. And then he started doing the comedy shit with Kurt Angle, which was great. Everybody loved it. Oh,
1: that. it was fantastic.
2: But it didn't do... It really didn't do anything for him. That worked out for him better after he retired from the ring. You know, because he kind of had that background as a guy that was funny. But right. when he was like a bad motherfucker in the ring, like that didn't actually help. Right. So then he comes back after the injury and he, he felt like he said... Um, I watched the Stone Cold documentary on the network, uh, Peacock. and he said he felt like he lost a lot of momentum. And right around the time he was trying to, they're building up to WrestleMania. Boom! Here comes the NWO, and then Stone Cold's kind of like suddenly the toy you push to the back of your shelf.
1: Yes, like they had something shinier. Yeah, that was the NWO, and they actually wanted Austin to lose at 18. Right, right, to to Scott fucking Hall. Who
2: Scott Hall was not the future of the company. As great as Scott Hall was, he was in the later part of his career. Yeah, and I mean, in 2002,
1: Austin, he was not the same Scott Hall.
2: Yeah, right, exactly. And it turned out that Austin was in the later part of his career, too. But at the time, nobody knew that. He was basically yes. in year six of his run as a top guy. You When you compare that to other people, you know, Cena, fuck. Cena had like 15 years. Hogan had 12 years. Bruno had like
1: 50 yeah, but given in two thousand and two we didn't know the severity of his neck injury from that Owen Hart pile driver. And neither did he. You know,
2: nobody did. Yes, so, to, so to be put in a position when you're the guy who the company like Eight Team is in a stadium because seven team is in a stadium, seven team is in a stadium because of Stone Cold and The Rock.
1: Well yeah, and look, WWE was still a
2: company. Because of Stone Cold and the Rock, right? So for what he did for the company, it was kind of weird for him to get pushed aside for fucking three old guys. Well, totally. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So he was bitter about that. You know, he was upset. He was insulted by that, and he should have been. Um, and I've heard different. He said different things. I've heard different things about the match at WrestleMania. He definitely didn't want to work with Scott Hall. He was like, "Why the fuck am I working with Scott Hall?" I've heard that he didn't want to work with Hogan. I've also thought. I've also heard that he thought he should have worked with Hogan. So I, I don't really know what's true. I've heard him say both things. I actually watched on the Stone Cold documentary, he said he should be working with Hogan. But then I watched an interview with him on YouTube and he said he didn't want to work with Hogan because he didn't think he
1: and Hogan could have a good match. Okay, so, but how do you reshuffle 18? Given all of those circumstances, the main event was Triple H and Jericho. and of course you had the instant classic that was The Rock and Hogan how do you rewrite 18 and make Austin like a top of the card guy you have
2: Jericho and Hogan (laughs) I mean I'm sorry Jericho and Stone Cold not Jericho and Hogan Jericho and Stone Cold because Hogan
1: but then who does Triple H wrestle
2: Um, Triple H wrestles um, Stone Cold you put Stone Cold um, right
1: into the title match but they were both faces
2: so we did Hogan and Warrior
3: well, and you had done Trip, Austin and Rock, the which what, what, Rock Which would have been kind a of cool to have. With Austin and... Or with Hogan and Rock?
2: You could have done... Yeah. Or no, no. You could have done an Austin H Jericho triple threat
1: main event. <sighs> yeah. And then you're left... Okay. Who do Nash and Hall wrestle? Um, you know, it, it, it's just a tricky booking scenario that you put yourself into. It
2: was. Like, it was. And, and, and you're right. Hogan, Rock... Was the match that should have happened? That's one of the best.
1: That's a top five WrestleMania match of all time. Like, you go back and watch it now. Okay, 20 years later. 20. Can you believe that's fucking been 20 years ago? But even still, you go back and watch it now. You still get mark bumps, right? Oh, totally. Because,
2: well, especially me, because I was fucking there. Like, I remember. I remember how hot the crowd was. Like, that's still the best. That's. Of all the shit I've seen live, that's still my number one probably. And I've seen a lot of cool shit. I saw Shawn's retirement match. I saw the Triple H um, Undertaker Cell match. You know, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, Flair's f- first retirement match. But Hogan Rock. Yes, right, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was well, there that's for that's the most I, jealous I saw... of you I
1: am. Is that I saw you got Alicia... to see Hogan Rock?
2: I saw Alicia Fox versus Melina at SummerSlam.
1: Oh, fuck, dude. Okay, never mind. It's not Hogan Rock, it's that <laughs> yeah. match. I'm most jealous
3: of you being you able set to set the without bar me. way yeah. too high on that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it, it's the classic right there.
2: Um, but that you're right, that was the match. But Stone Cold could have gotten him at least if he so okay, his match with Hall was seven minutes long. He at least could have gotten a decent match, you know, like go on third to last and get fifteen, twenty minutes. Yeah. But from what I heard from or from what I what they said on the Hall um, documentary was like he was in no shape for a big match. But then why put him in a fucking big match? Well, because he was still Scott Hall. Right. So the point of all this is I get Stone Cold's frustration with the company.
1: A hundred percent. Absolutely. Like he's been a huge star and now he's being booked a certain way. You're starting to fucking take the shine off of his star a little bit. Right, he took the, he turned the entire company around, and they sort of
2: shit on his ass at 18, they're like, ah, nah, dude, this is Hogan's year. Yeah, still gotta win, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so he was pissed after that, he no-showed Raw the next night, and then he took the next week or two off, and he said he was exhausted, and he was like, I just, I can't, I'm, I'm done, you know, I, I need to go home, I'm worn out, and... He'd been going hard for a long time because this is the old schedule. This is when these guys were doing like 250 days a year,
1: and he's five years removed from that Owen Hart pile driver.
2: Right, right, and he's getting close to f- what forty?
1: Yes, Something, You know what I mean? He's he's up there late in 80s, yeah,
2: yeah, like, he's like late thirties or so. Right. So, and I'm like, I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you what, the hangovers when you hit about 34 are fucking brutal.
1: Dude, he, much less like at my age, forty-eight. Fuck right. every
2: bit of that. Exactly. So I know how he's feeling. Like I can't imagine being in a wrestling match. And he's said several times that he was drinking hard back then. Yes. So go wrestle fucking Booker T or whoever the fuck. Drink all night. I can't even imagine how you deal with things the next day.
1: And and literally you're wrestling every night, because like you said, that schedule was a fucking bitch, dude. Like they were on the road every night, mm-hmm. city after city. I can't imagine that, but let's keep in mind, how many more matches did he have in his body after WrestleMania 18? Well, it turned out not a lot. Right. So he
2: was not happy with the spot. He lost the number one contender match to Undertaker. Then he worked with Big Show and Ric Flair for a little bit, and he just was not happy with the direction of the company. He wasn't happy with the direction of his story. And he went on, remember Bite This... I do remember that. Yes, he went on Bite This, and he cut a promo on the fucking company. I totally forgot about that. Bite This was a great show because it was like they—it seemed like they really were just like let loose on there. Because Stone Cold came on there, and he was like, he kind of was like, "Fuck this! Creative doesn't know what they're doing. I think the show sucks. I think what they're doing with me sucks. I think the whole company sucks." (laughs) And then a week later, Vince had to come on Bite This and do damage control. It was kind of like, well, you know, Austin has his opinions. And he's very passionate about what he does, and you know, he, he's very—he feels very strongly
1: about these things. But neither knew exactly the extent of the career that Stone Cold have had left, right? No, hell no. no, no. Neither side knew, but you could really see that shine starting to fade off of his star a little bit. Totally, like the focus was off of him. Yes, and it was because maybe WWE had some shiny new toys, you know, that they were starting to play with a little bit. They literally just acquired
3: from uh, Survivor Series winning the Invasion Angle. Suddenly you have this entire plethora of stars that you could make into superstars. mm -hmm, And I think it was that
2: Vince McMahon thing where he's always looking to replace the top guy. Like he did that with, um, he did it with Hogan, like, oh, we'll replace him with Warrior. That didn't work. Then he was like, Well, we'll replace Hogan with Luger. That didn't work. That didn't work. Then it was like, Well, we'll replace Brett with Sean. And that did work. So I think this was the next phase of that. And I mean, like, I guess props to Vince for looking looking toward the future, like this guy. Well, he can't, has to. He has right, to this guy absolutely can't, Right. This guy's an athlete. He can't carry the company for it's just like a hockey team, right? Like like um like when the Sharks didn't want to sign Patrick Marlowe for two years. They were like, no, oh. we'll offer you one year, but we can't give you two years because you're in your 40s. And right. so he split, you know? Right. Same thing, same thing. And like, I know people hate fucking Vince. I'm not here to defend Vince, but you do have to, you always have to look at the future. And that's, I sure. think, what he was doing, you know?
1: Yeah, Vince um, doesn't get to where he is today without doing that at every step of the way.
2: Totally, totally. Exactly, I mean, that's what Hogan was. This
3: is one of those right. examples. It's a,
1: and it's a business.
2: Right, it's exactly what why Hogan got his spot. He was like, "Well, Backlund's old and washed up. Let's put the belt on chic for a month and then give it to Hogan."
1: Yes, and who's the next big thing? Yeah, at that time it was Hogan in '96 yeah. or whatever '98. It was Austin.
2: Right. So we get to 2002, and it's fucking Brock.
1: Yep, that's the next S- big thing.
2: Yeah, literally. Now that I think about it, literally, <laughs> that was yep. actually exactly. race, the next big thing. Yep. Yeah. So we get to. Atlanta. Stone Cold flies into Atlanta June 10th. Um, I think he flew in on June 9th, actually. Um, JR calls him and says they want you to lose to Brock in a King of the Ring qualifying match. And Stone Cold's like, wait, the, the what now? You <laughs> yeah. You want me to lose in a qualifying match for King of the Ring on fucking Raw?
1: Yeah, a bullshit fucking unadvertised Raw match.
3: A throwaway match. Exactly, yes. yeah. yes. Yeah, and with someone he, he has no story and no, no momentum story, no going build. into yes. it. Yes, there's no reason Adam. for them
2: to wrestle each other at all. Right. Yeah, that could have been. A big, no that could have been. That could have been the the main event of SummerSlam.
1: Yep. Much less WrestleMania 19
2: or WrestleMania 19, but they're like, nah, we just we would like you to lose on Raw for no reason. And um, I thought it was I. In the interview I watched with him, he had a really great quote. He said, guys like me are pretty damn hard to find. And I was like, that really sums it up. Like, why would you just bury a guy? You know, a guy who's that good, who you put that much work, that much time and money into, and just be like, ah, fuck him, he's done.
1: Dude, again, and I'll say it again, without Rock, without Austin, WWE maybe is not a company come 2002. Mm Mm-hmm. You got to show him a little more respect than that. You know what I mean? Get his input on that. Like, okay, here's our plan. How do we make it better? Yeah. Are you tot- on board with this? Like, give him some fucking input. He's deserved that. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah, and he,
2: and he said, um, and I think Jr. said, like, he never had a problem putting a guy over, but it had to make sense.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent. With everything that Austin put in to that run, if this was a, from '96. This was a King of the Ring finals match.
3: That make more mm-hmm. sense. Okay, yeah, even if it's that, totally, yes,
1: totally, yes, yeah, Absolutely. right. That, that
2: would have made perfect sense. And you know, you could even do a thing where like Austin uh, hurt his leg in the second round or something like that too. You know what I mean? To kind of protect right. him a little bit. Like yes. there were way better ways you could have booked this fucking thing.
1: Yep, and um, then have Heyman interfere in the final with Austin already injured. That protects both guys. I
2: don't think you have Heyman interfere because that was never Brock's thing. Brock was always a monster. That's true, yeah. You know, but Stone Cold could have fucking got, oh, he got a concussion in round two or some, some shit like that. Right, right. Which you could never do now because, you know, concussions. But, um, so he told JR, like, I'm not fucking coming. So JR calls Vince. Vince calls Austin that night. And he was like, dude, whatever time it is, call me. Stone Cold called him back at like 2, 2 a.m. And Vince was like, yeah, we want you to lose to Brock. So Stone Cold said, really? That's what you want me to do? And Vince said, yeah. Stone Cold was, his side of the story was, I felt that I was saying like, that's what you want me to do? Then I won't be there. Vince took it as, that's what you want me to do? Yeah, we'll do it
3: tomorrow. From what I or so, <laughs> saw, I think his response was like, Okay. But yeah, those two different translations of it. Yeah, so Stone Cold's really fucking bad at communicating.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> or know what Vince I mean? Is really bad at interpreting.
2: Or yeah, yeah. I mean, like I'm not, I'm not saying Austin's innocent in all this. The booking oh, decision was absolutely not. Fucking, no, no, no. Definitely. The booking not. decision was awful, but Austin could have been a little more clear about like, no, I don't want to fucking do that. And so he said later that he came at him and was like, no, I don't want to do that. But he didn't offer any other idea. Now, I've heard Jericho say on his podcast several times that if you don't want to do something, don't come to him and say no. Come to him and say, why don't we do this instead? Right. And that usually works, or they'll at least consider it. But Austin, Austin said, I never did that. I was always just like, no. So he's being a pain in the ass, to be fair. Well, he's being a diva. He's being a diva. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's being a diva.
1: Right. But at the same time, fuck, dude. They were going pretty hard 96, 97, 98. Mm-hmm. Without Austin again, WWE maybe isn't a company. Look, that's a guy you need to at least give the benefit of the doubt to. Come to him with an angle and say, Look, this is what we're thinking. What are your thoughts? How, okay, do you like it? Do you not like it? How do we make it better? Just right, involve which, Austin in the process.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right, that's true. I mean, he wasn't going out of his way to be involved with it, but they could have
1: asked him. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. I'm not trying to defend either side because yeah. I think both side has fault here. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, if they came to me and said, hey, Scott, go fix this printer across the street, and I came to them and said, fuck that, that place over there, they don't draw a dime. I'm not fixing <laughs> their fucking shit. I'm going to focus on this other place that does make us money. Right. That do- That's not how my job works, dude. If I do that, I get fucking fired. Yeah. Right. But I don't have the same kind of status the company that Austin had with WWE at the time. It works a little bit different. I totally see both sides here and neither side is without fault. Totally. You yeah, I completely agree. You're totally right. They 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 both it was there's a lot of blame to put on both sides. But look, 3 months later Rock is dropping the title to fucking Brock at SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Fuck, yeah. dude.
2: Yeah. Um. So they did that. I ain't part so of that. So Stone Cold shit. didn't. So hmm. Stone Cold didn't show up on Raw that day. They announced it. So oh, Stone Cold no showed, and then they immediately remember Confidential.
1: I do remember, I remember that. that they yep.
2: did an episode of Confidential that Saturday where they. Was that just Mean Gene. Fucked. That was Mean Gene. It was Mean Gene as a, yeah. Mean yeah. Gene as a host, and they just buried the fuck out of Stone Cold. I mean, Which is just,
1: I don't agree with that fucking at all
2: they were like we're gonna get in front of the story because we don't know what i think they were like we don't know what stone cold's gonna say so let's get in front of the story and we have the tv time to do it so they were like let's do this so we had a sit down interview with uh, jr and vince and um vince said vince was fairly diplomatic it was weird because jr kind of came off as the heel in this and vince was kind of the babyface because jr was like i'm pissed off and I'm not wearing the black hat anymore because I'm Jim Ross. I'm not J.R. And I'm not talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm talking about Steve Williams. Um, and Vince was kind of like, well, you know, I understand he was frustrated. It was kind of really a, a really interesting, like dichotomy between the two of them, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of cool. But so Vince was like, he put a huge amount of pressure on himself to be the best in the business. And I think all that pressure caught up to him. And so I think ultimately what happened was JR caught him the night before and he was in a bad mood. And you know what would have put him in a better mood? Having been properly groomed with a lawnmower 4.0 by Manscaped. That's right, the lawnmower (laughs) 4.0. And (laughs) Not that this is anything new, but I'd like to talk about my balls for a bit <laughs> because because support for Drunk Wrestling History is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate in men's hygiene, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code DRUNKWRESTLING, one word, at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. As a matter of fact, it's about 8 million and 5 balls because the people from Manscaped were nice enough to send us the Performance Package 4.0, and this thing is a game changer. How great
1: is this thing? Dude, I didn't know that I needed a light on my trimmer. I didn't know that. Until you had it. Yeah, so I've been using my Manscaped products for like two years now. Right. And I had the old one, loved it, got the new trimmer, And I love the base. I love that it's got a USB-C charger on it so you can charge it from anything. It's actually, I actually like it a little bit more than the previous trimmer. I've never had any nicks, anything, no problems with it. In my experiences, it's been perfect. I did have issues with other trimmers that were not manscaped. This one has given me zero issues. I absolutely love it.
2: And the reason you've had no problems with it because it features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. And it's a 400K spotlight like you mentioned previously. Uh, So that's just one of the things that comes in the uh, 4.0 package. It also comes with the Weed Whacker nose and air hair trimmer, and I know you're a big fan of that too.
1: Yeah, I love it, dude. I, I, look, 48 years old, my nose hair grows like mad, and this thing just takes it down. I, like I said, never had an issue with Manscaped products as far as nicks or anything like that. All my experiences have been perfect, both with the Weed Whacker and the trimmer. Love their stuff, and they love my balls.
2: And my nose hairs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Adam, do you use it in the shower, or do you just, what do you do?
3: Uh, I have. You do it in your backyard, in sh- I think,
2: right? You just do it outside.
3: <laughs> and let nature let nature That's take the, its <laughs> course. Nature and uh, keep everything organic. Uh, when I used it, it's like it's a really nice, smooth handle. You don't have to fidget with uh, anything like any traditional razors. I really liked uh, the result of it. Uh, I didn't experience any nicks myself. Uh, everything just came out nice and clean. Also, comes with the brush for easy cleanup. Mm-hmm, uh, yes. It's to clean up uh, the attachable uh, guiding blade which is, or uh, the or the blade itself. That also yeah. makes it being waterproof nice because you can just rinse it right off.
1: I usually what, you don't brush the hairs off. I leave it as like seasoning on
2: there. <laughs> you you like <laughs> to get a sniff of it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of sniffs, uh, the 4.0 package also comes with the Crop Preserver ball deodorant, which is just amazing if you just want to make sure you smell good down there. And it also comes with the... Uh, crop reviver ball toner which is just great for a little carry that around with you you know use that in the middle of the day just you need to be freshened up a little bit between the crop preserver and the crop reviver your ball should be in great shape anyone have anything to add to that
1: i think you wrapped it up
2: right (laughs) adam's giving me quite a look also in the 4.0 package you get the uh, the Manscape boxers, which I love. The boxers; these are the most comfortable boxers I've ever. They're kind of like um, H B K referee style shorts.
1: Yes, right. Yes. like the
2: little shorts like that. Right, um, but you wouldn't walk outside wearing them. I mean, not out in my front yard, but I've walked out my backyard. You know. Oh yeah, that's acceptable. Or just walk around the house, and I look great in them. And yeah. Or they, next I, time I
1: come over, you know. Next time I'm you come over, together. yeah. Right.
2: Next time we record another one of these commercials, I'll be wearing them. I forgot to put them on today. <laughs> And you get all that in a really cool travel bag too. So if you need, if you're on the road, on vacation, whatever, you take it with you. So it's the the lawnmower, it's the weed whacker. You get the crop preserver, you get the crop reviver, ball toner, the boxers in the awesome bag, and that's it. That's the whole package, and it's great, and we love it. Don't and you also get a T-shirt? No, that was only us because um, <laughs> we're special because we're special um, so to get 20% off and free shipping with the code drunk wrestling at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com use the code word wrestling drunk drunk wrestling. wrestling I'm sorry you know what? drunk wrestling unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped that's drunk wrestling at manscaped.com for 20% off of free shipping Whew, okay. Um, Nice segue. Where the fuck were we? Yeah, so we were talking about the uh, episode of. um, We finally. The episode of uh, Confidential. uh, Confidential. Yeah, they were just fucking him up, man. Vince, um, they were both bearing him, but like I said, Vince was being a little more diplomatic. And then JR was like, it's like John Wayne pussing out before a fight. And I was like, he loves comparing John Wayne to everyone. Does he think John Wayne's a real person? (laughs) Like, is he, is he not aware John Wayne's an actor who wears fucking costumes and makeup? <laughs> you know I mean? I'll tell you what, JR.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and JR mentions that Stone Cold didn't tell Vince that he was going home, which kind of Stone Cold acknowledged. Um, JR got a hold of him at the airport, blah, blah, blah. You know. And JR was. I was really surprised at this episode. Any, any of you guys who have Pecock. I think everyone should watch this because it was really out of character for JR. Because he was like, oh, Stone Cold disappointed all the fans, and those fans made him very
1: fucking rich. Well, and like, who in WWE was a bigger Sto- uh, Stone Cold fan than fucking JR? Right, but JR like, totally swerved
2: on even
3: him. He even had his good back him. during heel turns. Uh, during yeah, the. I, yeah. During the tournament power trip uh, stage. I read an article later where he said he didn't
2: want to be in that episode. I, I don't know if that's just him like rewriting history, but if he didn't want to be in that for not wanting to be in the episode, he really fucking went balls deep on that on, episode on "Fuck Stone
1: Called." He was fully yeah. in character apparently.
2: Yeah, and he was like, you know what? We all do things we don't want to do. I rolled around in pig shit. I kissed Mitz's ass. I got beat up by a woman. You know, this is Austin's job to do that. Uh, Triple H could say all the same shit. That's true. Yeah. Um, he, he did do the pig shit, and he got beat up by a woman. Right. Um. He never kissed Vince's ass, but he kisses his, his daughter's ass. Which oh, that's true. Yes. Luck, lucky. God, I've never been more jealous. Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Vince was like, I don't want him back because I don't trust him. And they mentioned on the show the company never mentioned publicly, as far as I know, that he had walked out be- before after WrestleMania. And this was like, he walked out the week after WrestleMania. This is twice in just a few months, so I don't trust him anymore. Like, how do I advertise him to be on a show if I can't this trust him This is valid. Anymore? Yeah, That's he, valid.
1: As a boss, that's valid.
2: Yeah, right. Um, and um, JR says, if anyone wants to go home, they should ask to be released, but do it the right way, which is pretty fucking funny with the way guys keep asking to be released now and they never get released like Mustafa <laughs> Ali. Yeah, you know? Looking at you, Ali. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so then we moved to the next week, which was in Oakland. Raw was in Oakland. And Scott, that was probably the last Raw you ever went to, right?
1: <laughs> Shit, no. <laughs> Will you stop? It wasn't? No, dude, okay. come on. But we you and I were on there. a hard camera at least in like 2004, you and I were. Were we? Yeah, in Oakland, dude. Or maybe in it was Oakland. San Jose. Okay, I'm going to have to look for that. Yeah, um, it was like 03, 04. you and I were on hard camera side.
2: So so I forgot you were at the show until I mentioned doing the show to you, and you were like, dude, we were there. I was like, oh, you were there, okay. We were there, yeah, um, we were in
1: Oakland when Rock came out and did that promo.
2: Yeah, oh, also, I to back up, I forgot, um, on Confidential, they never mentioned the Brock match.
1: Oh, it, well, you don't want to like associate, you don't want to put that taint on Brock. From that, right? Like, Stone Cold left, we don't want to associate Brock with that. Yeah, that Is makes sense. Also, and they also you
3: don't want to bury somebody that early into their tenure?
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, you don't want to put that stink on him.
2: Well, but they were also kind of kayfaving, right? Which was very different from when Brett left. Like, they were sort of like, oh, he didn't want to do what he was supposed to do, but they never talked about losing or anything like that. You know what I mean? Right. So right. that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um So on Raw... um, Booker T loses to Brock, which weighed, which made way more fucking sense. Than Stone Cold losing to Brock,
1: totally. They just totally. moved that match a
2: week, and like, why the fuck didn't they do that in the first place?
1: Yeah, and look, Stone. At the end of the day, Stone Cold was right. Mm-hmm. Like there was money to be made with Brock Lesnar, the new up and coming, next big thing. Yeah. versus your stalwart star of the company, Stone Cold Steve Austin, that literally carried you to the fucking Attitude Era, made you win over WCW in the ratings war, and ultimately you bought that fucking company. That was all, mostly, thanks to Stone Cold. There's yeah. money to be made in that. The new guy versus the guy from the last era, right? There's easy marketing in that. There's money to be made. Austin was right, 100% right. Was he right in walking away? Probably not the right way to do things, and I would imagine if you ask Stone Cold and Vince today, was there a better way to handle that situation? Both would say absolutely yes. Sit mm-hmm. down at the table. Try to find a happy medium.
2: Yeah. You're totally right.
1: Yeah, the um, happy medium is make Booker T lose. and <laughs> We prolong this match to fucking SummerSlam or something. Booker yeah, T Stone was going to be
3: a star. He was going to find exactly. a way. Exactly, yes. yes. Stone Cold Booker should have T suggested that the week before.
1: I agree, you know, but was upper management Booker, willing to listen? Watch out,
2: Booker T. Lose.
1: <laughs> because, look, and, and that guy, too, he said there were two camps. There were the guys that wanted Stone Cold to not go into that match with Brock because there was money to be made later. And mm-hmm. then there was Vince that wanted that match to happen. Yeah. You know, and maybe there was just way too much testosterone involved there. Too many guys thinking that they're right. And not a clear head to say, hey, let's sit down at the table and find a happy medium here. Right, right.
2: So at that Raw in Oakland, Vince comes out. Um, he says Stone Cold needs to apologize before coming back. Um, he kind of mentions all the stuff. He needs to apologize to the locker room. Um, he needs to apologize to the fans, which at that point I agreed with because I, I did t- too. I bought a ticket that night to see Stone Cold. You know, I totally agree, yes, right. absolutely. Because in 2002, he was my favorite fucking wrestler. He was my favorite and wrestler you were, since... It, he was my favorite wrestler until Sean left and until Sean
1: came back. Right, and also we were buying tickets, what, four to six months in advance? So, yeah. like, you're buying a ticket to that Raw to specifically see, and it was a Raw, not a SmackDown. You want to see Stone Cold. Right, and back then they used to sell the shows out, you know. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely. They, if you weren't getting your tickets on day one, you were fucked.
2: Yeah, they had fans. Uh, <laughs> and Vince is like very serious he's like he refused to take multiple phone calls it was like he's in a deposition
1: right, it like, right
2: yeah. you know what I mean like he talk, he's talking to like a lawyer um,
1: yeah Amber Heard's on the stand
2: <laughs> yeah yeah dropping a grumpy
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then he says at the end he says he knows that Austin wishes everyone well and he thanks him um it's a very somber promo it's like a fucking funeral in there and right. he drinks a beer um and then he later on in the so vince leaves later on flair's cutting a promo and stone Cold's music hits and you're like holy shit the crowd goes fucking banana and here comes eddie guerrero <laughs> which was great that was awesome because he was in a feud with flair um and that was kind of the end of that there was really nothing to it but later on Vince is out there again and uh, Jr. says JR's in commentary he's like we've got word that Stone Cold's on his way and Vince is out there and he's like yeah Stone Cold's gonna be here in a minute and you're like oh okay cool this is a work like he's gonna show up who comes out to the ring? Tony fucking Gurria shots (laughs) shots I'm doing a a shot of tequila out of the bottle for Tony Gurria
1: I, I literally just took a drink
2: and Tony comes out and tells Vince that there's been a big mix up and then whose music hits the rock, the second biggest star in the company, the second biggest star in the company. And he's been gone since like a month or so after WrestleMania. Yeah. He wasn't even slated to be back until the following month. And he's on SmackDown. Right? Yeah. So exactly. again, the place goes banana. Was this Vince like dick waving? Like, fuck you, Austin. We've got the rock. And yes. like, We don't need you.
1: Yeah, we don't need number one. We're fine with number two.
2: Right. Isn't that the way it can, kind of came off? Like, cause it was Totally. Like, the show was sold out. The ratings were probably going to be a little bigger than normal anyway because everyone wanted to tune in to see what was going on with, on with Austin. They didn't need a yes. rock. But Vince was like, fuck it. Put him on the jet. I don't care what we got to pay him for the show. I'm going to yeah. fucking
1: dick slap Austin with it. Well, yeah, and then Rock, during his promo, announces he's going to be at the King of the Ring pay-per-view. So, boom, your ratings from that Raw mm-hmm. all the way to the King of the Ring are
2: fucking solid. Totally, yeah. Yeah, Rock came out. He, cut, he threw Vince out of the ring. He was like, fuck you, get threw, out of here. Then he threw a beer at him. I thought that was very disrespectful to the totally. beer. You
1: don't throw beer. Come on. Yeah, Even if it is right. PBR. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, PBR is not for throwing. It's for throwing ping-pong balls into. Thank you. Um, but I get it though because he had recently gotten his tits done. He can't be putting that fat back on his tits with beer. That's oh, why totally. That that's why he drinks tequila.
1: Right. Exactly. That's why he was wearing his mm-hmm. t-shirt too.
2: Um. So he cuts a promo, and it's about like we all love being here, and the, the Rock puts over that he grew up in the Bay Area, which I'm marked out for. Cheap um, pop, yeah, of course. Go Bay. Um, and he says to anyone in the locker room who doesn't want to be here as the as the slogan says get the f out because they had just got dropped the f right about 2 months before that
1: right way to sell that t-shirt too
2: yeah yeah totally right right and then he says austin can take his ball and go home but as far as he's concerned this is home
1: yep and i was like yep. wow that was touching and suddenly you've slotted a new guy into that number 1 spot mhm austin has been pushed aside Right, And we've now put The Rock as solidly our number one guy. Which, what a great position for the
2: company to be in, where you can be like, oh, the top guy left? Fuck it. We've got The Rock. Dude. You know, imagine if the, Roman just left right now. What the fuck are they oh going to do? God. Oh, my God. You know fuck. what I mean? Like, they have Who no Who are you going to put in that spot? Right. Bedlam. I guess got this Rock? would be fucking, Bedlam. Fucking Becky. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? Like, no, yeah. one's a, no one's even a close number two to Roman right now. But back then, it was no. like... It no. was The Rock... Um, but you also would have Jericho Triple H Undertaker We still had the NWO You still Yeah Right You had those guys Yeah Which is I guess Why they got 1.7 million could've Elevated Raw, Booker T
3: RVD Yeah Yeah you Right there Guys yeah. coming up Yeah um, RVD made it to the Finals against Brock Didn't he Yeah,
1: yeah. That was the final he match did. Of the King he of the did.
2: Ring Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a good paper I think we should do An episode on that pay-per-view I'm with that Yeah Okay um, so Stone Cold's gone for like fucking months to like October or something. He got a postcard from JR that said, If you ever want to talk, I'm here. And he called, he called JR and he said they talked for like several hours. And JR eventually said, Do you want to talk to the old man? And he said, Yeah, get me, you know, get me in touch with him. And he and Vince ended up meeting up in a hotel, just the two of them. And I think at this point, Stone Cold realized he kind of fucked, kind of fucked up. Um, Realized how much he fucked the company over Started looking at his paychecks And realized how much money he lost out on And he apologized to Vince Vince asked if he wants to come back And he was like yeah please I would love to come back And he has since said That that was the worst decision he ever made in his career And he's talked about On his podcast, on the DVD, everywhere About how much money he lost out on Like that was a huge Fuck, I mean you think of what he was making a year You know and he lost a good seven months.
1: And dude, nobody's buying your merch if you're not on TV. Exactly right. Yeah. Yep. And if even if they are, it's discounted. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or if right, you're like Sasha like, and ain't even on the site.
2: Right. Yeah, I don't remember if his merch, merch was on the site, but if it was, I guarantee it was like 12 bucks.
1: Yeah. Know? Yep.
2: Um. And he's talking about it. And I was like, yeah, it, it kind of sucked when he was gone.
1: Yeah. Like did. that
2: was a shitty fucking time. If you look at like, I guess... A lot of people don't consider that the Attitude Era. They consider that at the Ruthless Aggression Era. But I think the Ruthless Aggression Era didn't. You know that was until Vince cut that promo, which is maybe two years after this. A while. Um, it was like O three. Okay. Okay. So a year later. Yeah. So to me, it's still the Attitude Era until then. But it was kind of the shittiest time of all that. Yeah. You know, from because we the, had a
1: Summer Slam without Stone Cold.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, it just wasn't good. Um, yeah. It was kind of like, it reminded me of when Bruce Dickinson left Iron Maiden, or Rob Halford left <laughs> Judas Priest. It was right, like, ah, dude,
1: yes. It yes. was like,
2: ah, fuck, Iron Maiden is still cool, but, you know. Yeah,
1: if a fucking lead singer left. God damn it.
2: Right, right. Yeah. Um, So he comes back, and it, his first match back is at No Way Out against Eric Bischoff,
1: yeah he had three matches left when he, he had three matches
2: here. he wrestled bischoff again on a raw and then he goes into his last match with the rock at 19 and that was that that was he had three matches exactly and, and none of us knew it not one of us knew it no and, and I believe the only people who knew from what I've
1: heard is was him JR and uh, Vince nobody else knew dude I promise you You and I were at WrestleMania 19, which was Mm -hmm. until that time, Stone Cold's last match. We didn't know when we were watching it. I guarantee we would have been in tears had we known that that was Stone Cold's retirement match.
2: You would have been in tears.
1: (laughs) I didn't cry at uh, Shawn Michaels' Hall of Fame ceremony. Me either. Me either. Yeah. No. No, you didn't, for sure. You weren't buying drinks for everybody that bet you would at the event itself. Did I do that? Was I I buying drinks for everyone? Yeah. At the strip club? You lost that bet, dude.
2: <laughs> Jeff and
1: I bet you you were going to be the first one to cry, and that was you, Mark. <laughs> if you had looked at me during the roadway Warrior speech, though, dude, you would have won that bet.
2: But so looking back at it, um, in a weird way, do you think it was kind of a blessing in disguise that he left? Because knowing that he only had, th- it, only, knowing that his body only had three matches left, because say he. Lost to Brock and then he wrestled the Hurricane and his last match was a random Raw match against fucking Albert.
1: It wouldn't have even yeah. made it to SummerSlam, dude.
2: Right, like he might... Exactly, he might not have even made it to SummerSlam. Nope. Or what if he'd taken a bad F5 from Brock and
1: that was the end of it? You know, just a right, throw, yeah. Throw throwaway off. match
2: on fucking Raw that he should have never lost in the first place.
1: Totally. Brock was still a rookie at the time. Yeah. And he could have made a mistake. Absolutely, but... The way he got it, given all the circumstances that happened, his last match was at WrestleMania 19.
2: Right. So I sort of feel, I don't know if he would feel this way, but I sort of feel like at least we got that. And at least he yes. got that, you know, and it,
1: and it was a big fucking payday. Granted, and it, was, it was unannounced. It was what? It was unannounced that, la- that that it was his last match. I think they all knew it was his last match, but we didn't know that shit. Oh, no, but he also said going into it that he knew that, but he, he
2: didn't want to announce that. So that was his decision.
1: Oh, no, Keep totally. It worked yeah. out the right way for him, the way everything played out. But I think that if you asked both of those guys today, could you have handled that situation differently? They would agree, yes. Right. But I don't know if that's in the best interest of the fans, because at that time, we got that amazing match with the Rocket 19 that was his ultimate sendoff. Right, right. Yeah. Well, until
2: KO this year, but different story. Right. Yeah. So it was, I didn't even think about that until I started doing the homework for this episode. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe in a fucking weird way, things turned out for the best, you know?
1: I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah. I think so. Because look, Stone Cold definitely had a gripe. And mm-hmm. I can agree with him with his arguments that he made. Yes, there was merit there. Did everybody do the right thing? Absolutely not. There was probably a better way to handle it. But ultimately, with that, that send-off at 19 that none of us knew about, knew about after the fact, right. it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it was against The Rock, one of his greatest opponents of all time, dude, if not his greatest opponent. So, fucking A, it worked out perfect. Yeah, and it was the match of the night, I thought. Well, uh, dude, Jericho and HBK was
2: Stellar. fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the highlight was Brock falling on his head. It could have been worse, in which case we all would have won. Yeah. Well, you know that um, pillow fight match wasn't bad either. Well, who watches that with pants on? You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, like Coach. The one in your hotel room or the
3: one that took place there?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Adam, nothing fun like that was happening on that trip to Seattle that year. No.
1: No. Although I will say, Adam eating his way through Texas was the equivalent of Chow eating his way through Seattle at 19. That's true.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Chow.
3: Challenge accepted.
2: (laughs) He was chowing
1: for sure.
3: (laughs) Oh, Lord. All right, I think that kind of wraps it up. That takes care of our episode about when Austin walked out in 2002. Uh, When you were watching at this time, what emotions were you feeling? And what did you think about our episode? Please let us know on the social media platforms twitter instagram tiktok handle is wrestling underscore drunk we definitely would like to hear that and please leave leave us reviews tell your family friends heels faces like share subscribe hit that or smash that subscribe button and and uh yeah we'd love to entertain all of you with our drunk wrestling take uh, on behalf of Scott and Eddie and the Lawnmower 4.0, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we'll see you all next time for another great episode. One, two, three. Manscaped Code. Drunk Wrestling. Dive. Take your ball and go home.
0: <laughs> I'm the chat man. All you guys are just the opening band You a trappitizer Every single rapper must be cloning. sound the same But you know that I go in on every track Like Tony turn Christian Bell was Batman George Clooney was Batman Val Cameron was Batman But the only one trapping is me, he's trapping we, he's trapping That's me, he's trapping Oh, tell him. You asking? Yes, I'm trapping. Just bought a crib, bought a pay, bought a plate. I'm stacking, cause I'm trapping. And I'm breaking records every day, every day. Trap me, let me hear the streets. If you with me, let me hear you say. Oh, trap me. You can't even see me, John Cena. Got my money going around and around. There's me, he's trappin' Oh, tell him if you askin', yes I'm trappin' Just bought a crib, bought a bag, bought a bag I'm stacking cause I'm trappin' I'm trapping Just bought a crib Bought a bag, Bought a pay I'm stacking Cause I'm trapping